What's going on, podcast family? Ben here for Devo Bag Company. Rooted in eastern Washington, Devo uses nothing but the highest quality maple, ash, birch on the market. You know what? It makes a difference. At Devo Bats, they take pride in the craftsmanship that goes into each and every wooden bat produced. Your success at the plate is their ultimate priority. They want you to know when you think of bats, think of Devo Bats. Devo Bats, your Northwest supplier of affordable quality wooden bats. Hey podcast fam, it's Ben here from my friends over at Baseballism. Founded by four former college baseball players and teammates, their love and passion for the game did not stop after leaving the playing field. An amazing organization founded on the beliefs of class, tradition, and the history of baseball. I personally shop at Baseballism because of the quality of their products and the top of the line customer service I get each and every time. Take it from me, an avid hat lover. Baseballism is not your run-of-the-mill apparel company. Check them out at any of their fine locations or visit them online at baseballism.com baseballism built for the love of the game portland is a baseball town our secretary didn't have anybody on the phone There was nobody on the phone. They were just egging me along. So they bought a little short, chubby guy in with the name Peters and put him <laughs> in my place and sent me to double A ball. Two fans, one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon. This is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Without further ado, your hosts, Ben and Dave. Welcome to the Diamonds and Roses podcast. I'm your host, Travis. I have a special guest today, um, somebody who grew up in the Northwest, and we love our Northwest ballplayers, but this is a really, really special podcast, specifically because we're going to dive into an issue that uh, has gripped the nation, as far as I know. Um, I, I think everybody that's n- that knows that Boise State baseball has been cut has, has felt it. Um, any program across the country that's been cut... Um, it hurts, you know, and, and especially for baseball fans, we don't understand it. So we're going to dig into why it happened. But first, I just want to introduce Travis Buck. And I want actually, you know what, I, I'd like Travis to introduce himself and tell us a little bit about his background, because it's it's an amazing uh, uh, background. And then we'll get into a little bit of, of why or how he got to Boise and, and Boise State. And, uh, and hopefully we will dig in pretty deep into how we can help help this program survive because I think we can do it and I've, I've already seen progress that it's going to potentially happen. So Travis, uh, take it away. Well, Travis, <laughs> I, I definitely appreciate the opportunity. Obviously, my name is Travis Buck. Uh, I'm the hitting and outfield coach at Boise State University. Uh, I'm a Northwest kid. Like you said, I was born and raised in Richland, Washington, uh, part of the Tri-Cities. Uh, graduated Richland High School uh, in 2002 and uh, was fortunate enough to be drafted by the uh, Seattle Mariners after uh, my senior year of high school. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I chose the, the college route, uh, had the opportunity on an athletic scholarship to go to Arizona State University. Um, and, you know, obviously going to college was the, the best decision for me. Uh, kind of fast forwarding, obviously went down there for three years, was able to uh, help lead Arizona State to the College World Series in 05. We ended up finishing third, uh, lost to Florida in the semifinals. Uh, if we would have beat them, we would have went on to play the University of Texas in the, the National Championship Series. Uh, I was a, a first round, supplemental first round pick in 05 uh, by the Oakland Athletics. And uh, about a year and a half later, made my major league debut uh, in Safeco, what it was once called, uh, against obviously the King, Felix Hernandez. Uh, played better parts of 10 years professionally, six in the big leagues with uh, uh, three different teams, Oakland, Cleveland, and Houston. Um, you know, a lot of us don't really 
get a chance to end our professional careers on our own, our own terms. Uh, I had a lot of injuries throughout my career, whether it was, you know, playing outfield, going all out, you know, quite a few injuries, uh, trying to catch every fly ball out there. But, you know, it was an amazing journey. I was extremely fortunate to uh, be able to, to play in the big leagues, uh, have some success in the big leagues. Um, and then my career was done. Uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I think it was about 2014 was my last season. Um, tried to get a job that, that following spring. Uh, didn't really receive many phone calls. And, uh, you know, it was tough. That, that's all I ever known was, was the game of baseball and then have it, you know, in my opinion, cut short uh, due to whatever reasons. Um, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, if they didn't want me, I wasn't going to beg for a job. Uh, baseball was great. Uh, it gave me a lot of opportunities. Um, and, you know, I was still living in Arizona at the time. I eventually moved back up to the Tri-Cities and uh, spent a couple years there um, watching a lot of uh, high school baseball. You know, Tri-Cities was kind of the hotbed uh, of baseball in the state of Washington um, for a long time before I yeah. got a chance to play high school when I was there. Uh, and then after I left, so got an opportunity to just, uh, watch a little bit of high school baseball. And in my opinion, uh, the level of talent wasn't, uh, you know, it was still there, but they, they didn't really know how to play the game. Um, and you know, I, at the time I was, you know, I was married and I told my wife, I just said, it's, it's not the same, uh, whether mm. it was high school baseball in the Tri-Cities or a lot of high school baseball in general, it just wasn't the same. And uh, she said, well, why don't you do something about it? And I said, ah, good mm. point. So that's when yeah. I started my T-Buck training youth, uh, baseball yeah. program. Um, and I, you know, obviously I did a little bit of homework of the, of kind of the better talent in that area. Um, and I started just with two 14 U teams, uh, and then with my, you know, professional background, um, a, a lot of, um, just the, the, the people I know, um, you know, I was able to get some of our players, some, some exposure moving forward the following year. I had a, uh, you know, a 14 and a, and a 16 U team. We were able to, to travel some places that not a, a lot of Northwest um, travel ball teams were able to go. Uh, I was able to just, you know, use my connections to get them in, in front of people, get them a, a, an opportunity to play against quality competition uh, every weekend. But at the end of the day, it all came down to, you know, I really cared for the kids. I cared for the area. Uh, I knew there was a lot of talent there. Um, and, you know, I wanted to really show them, you know, and thought that I would have been one of the guys to, to teach them to play the game the right way. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was uh, an amazing two years, you know, owning my own business. I was doing everything, coaching, you know, the books. I mean, you name it. Oh, it that's was hard. A, it was a full-time job, but, I, but sure. I cared about the kids. It wasn't about the money because, you know, I, when I first started, I didn't make any at all. Uh, it was all, all about teaching the game that I loved, that, that you know, treated me so well. And uh, I was able to do that. Um, and then Gary Van Toll, obviously our head coach here at Boise State, uh, started a, a, another youth sports program, the Idaho Cubs, that was that had been kind of up and running for the better part of a decade. And uh, at the time, he was obviously in Eugene uh, as a bench coach for the you know the short season affiliate for the Chicago Cubs. Hmm. And he, he called me and said, Hey, I, I heard you, you know, you have a youth team. I'd love to see if there's an opportunity that we could, you know, play against, uh, you know, your team with, with my Idaho Cubs. So that's really when the connection started with Gary and myself. Um, okay. I, I picked them up when they were playing the dust devils. We went out to lunch, you know, me thinking that it was going to be 30 minutes. It turned into three hours. Oh uh, yeah. Just, just talking the game. Um, and, and really, you know, we hit it off. Um, fast forward a year or two, it was obviously announced that, that Boise State University was going to, uh, you know, start a, a baseball program. And, um, 
you know, I, first of all, as a Northwest kid, any opportunities uh, for Northwest players to, to go to an, another Division I uh, university and play, I think it's unbelievable. I think it was, uh, it was amazing opportunity uh, because, let's be honest, the, the players in the Northwest have a tendency to get overlooked. You know, sure. I, I, th I think that it's because, you know, we're four or five months out of the year, we're indoors. Uh, we, we don't get to be out on the field each and every day like a lot of players in California, Texas, Arizona, Florida, you name it. Right. Um, but that's why we have the, the turf now, you know, that's the, 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 <laughs> the beauty of that. It's absolutely. I mean, you can obviously play uh, with with any weather on that. But at the end of the day, I, there, there's just something special about players in the Northwest. Sure. We always we always deal with adversity. We have a chip on our shoulder. Uh, and, and I think, you know, that's what, you know, you see a lot of great Northwest players, not just in the Northwest colleges right now, but just sure. all across the country that make it to the big leagues that go on and have great careers. Uh, we were brought up with adversity, just right. not getting the, the necessary, whether it's exposure or me, instruction. Yeah. Let, let me ask you, because I, I, I want to, I, I don't want to, get into Boise too much. We're going to talk so much about Boise, I, but you know, you grew up here and so you know what we all go through, right? The rainouts and everything else. Let me ask you just, just because we always ask our guests, what is your first baseball memory? I want to know just what, what is your first memory of baseball? Some good, some good stories about growing up where you grew up and then, and then why, then did you go to, to Arizona State, which obviously, I mean, a storied program, but just uh, give us a little insight into uh, to, into growing up playing there and and having that toughness, and then and then again, why why did ch why you chose Arizona State? Well, I'm the youngest of three boys, um, and so I had two older brothers that really, you know, toughened me up, but it, it gave me an opportunity to to be around the game of baseball. Uh, at a very young age. Uh, my dad was kind of a, you know, semi-pro baseball player that would, uh, or not semi-pro, softball player that would kind of travel all over the place. He, he loved the game, uh, not only baseball, but softball. Um, but having two older brothers and having our dad coach all of us, um, I was around the, the ball, you know, the a ballpark, a, a field uh, in our backyard. I, I always had a ball, you know, and, and a glove and a bat. Um, you know, a lot of great memories going through the league, getting an opportunity to play for my dad, uh, even as early as T-ball when, you know, I thought it was the, the greatest thing in the world having, I think it was McGregor, you know, spikes back in the day when, uh, you know, playing T-ball, I thought that was the, the, the best thing out there, you know, trying to lead off, you know, in T-ball. Sure. Um, but it, it really helped me, uh, being the youngest of three boys, um, and, just get an opportunity to watch them uh, at a very young age and having a, a very supportive uh, mom and dad that, that knew that, you know, our, our whole lives were revolved around sports, whether it was, you know, football, basketball, baseball, we were always doing something. We were always somewhere. Um, that was our, our, our outlet for, for a lot of things. Did you and, idolize, uh, uh, did you idolize your older brothers? Absolutely. You know, yeah. and they, and they were two totally different players uh, and people. Um, you know, my, my oldest brother Eric um, was a pretty good baseball player and basketball player. He actually played uh, collegiately at uh, Linfield College in McMinnville, Oregon. So uh, he he ended up being able to to play college baseball. My bro my middle brother Jason uh, was more kind of basketball. Uh, track and field he was a, a really good triple jump and long jumper uh, he, he enjoyed baseball but it, it not as much as my older brother and myself uh, and I think just being around it at a very young age uh, and having two older brothers that made me really tough allowed me to to be pretty good at a young age um, you know just like everybody that, that, that plays little league or or whatever, you know, my dream was to play professional baseball. It was to play in the big leagues. And a lot of times when you say that to people, right, they kind of look at you sideways and go, okay, what do you really want to do? Right. Uh, and I said, no, that's what I want to do. Um, and, you know, I had that with me every step of the way. And, um, you know, it, it was the inner drive. It was the self-motivation, the ter 
uh, determination uh, that, that really allowed me to, to be able to do things that, you know, that I set out that I wanted to do when I was a little boy. When did um, you know for sure? Or when did the family recognize this, that you were a little bit different? Well, I, honestly, I think it was at a very young age. I mean, it was, I was extremely good, uh, at a young age and I was naturally gifted, but I also, I wanted it. I lived and breathed and, you know, it, it, I mean, that's what I wanted to do. Um, obviously school was, was a, was a big factor of wanting to be a good student regardless. So I, I did, I took care of my studies. And then once I got that done, I was outside playing baseball with my friends or, or, or my brothers. Um, but I, you know, at a very young age, I was, I was really good. I was always pretty good. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, the best player on the team, whatever I was, you know, I was, I was really good. And, you know, at, at going to a high school at Richland high school where, you know, they, they don't really move sophomores or, you know, up back in the day when I was playing and, you know, I made the varsity as a sophomore. I played every day. Um, and I thought, you know, I, I knew I belonged and, uh, I just continued to get a lot better. I was surrounded by, you know, a lot of people outside of my family that, you know, that loved the game of baseball and, and kind of knew that I was pretty good and wanted to help me any way they could. Um, so obviously I didn't make it by myself but, or with my family. I had a, a great community uh, that, that really, you know, pushed me to be a great player. Um, and, and, you know, kind of the rest is history. I mean, I was very fortunate. You know, I was, I was pretty heavily recruited coming out of high school. Um, I could have gone to a lot of the pack at the time that it was the pack 10, they announced the pack 12, but, uh, I was, I was recruited by a lot of the pack 12 schools, a lot of the Northwest schools. Um, I actually took a trip to Clemson, uh, Mm. in South Carolina. I loved it. Loved South Carolina, but it was way too far. Yeah. So, but, but you, you did end up at, at Arizona state. So what, tell us why you chose Arizona state. What was, what was the linchpin? crazy story. I mean, uh, things always happen for a reason. I'm a true believer of that and we'll get into that more, but, uh, I'm always a believer that things happen for a reason. So, um, my, my junior year, uh, in high school, uh, Steve Farrington at the time he was coaching Washington state, he ended up getting fired and Richland high school hired him to, to be a science teacher. So, uh, not, he, he moved down to the Tri-Cities and, you know, took over what was the, the Richland Knights Legion program and combined the Richland Knights and Kennewick Dusters and, and formed a, the Twin City Titans. And he was kind of the guy that, that started the Twin City Titans along with Pete Marquez uh, at a Sunnyside. Um, and, you know, here, here I was um, getting an opportunity to play as a junior in high school uh, for a former division one Pac-12 coach. And, you know, he really toughened me up as a player. Um, And, you know, he really helped connect me to obviously a lot of uh, uh, colleges. Obviously I had to perform, you know, there were a lot of people watching, you know, coming to scout our games, whether it was pro pro scouts or, or college coaches. And, you know, I had some really good summers. Uh, I started to make a name for myself uh, and it helped, you know, having Jeremy Bonderman at Pasco at the same time too. So obviously all the, the scouts were watching him and, you know, we kind of went toe to toe not only in baseball, but in basketball, you know, all the way from middle school on up through high school. So um, it really helped playing against him because that put a lot more eyes on me that weren't there initially to see me. Uh, but obviously I did some things well that were like, wait a second, who's this buck kid? Um, and that was, you know, the chance to be able for them to follow me. Um, and, you know, uh, looking back, you know, it, it was in seventh and eighth grade. I had an Arizona state hat on. I, I saw these pictures back in the day of, of me being a little kid. And I'm like, I wonder where that came from. You know, I just, hmm. maybe it was my older brothers and, you know, I, I just took a, a, a liking to it. Yeah, and it's great time, branding. It's a great, yeah, it's a great brand, right? I mean, it's a cool, absolutely. cool hat. The yellow and the and the and the maroon. It's amazing. Yeah, and um, you know, back in the day as well, watching Fox Sports Net. You know, they had a lot of Arizona State games on, 
and obviously in the desert down there when it's all nice and warm when we're up in the northwest right not as sure. not as not not as warm and not as nice so i'm like man that's a that's a pretty sweet place to play but going through the rec- recruiting process was was very stressful uh, but in, enjoyable at the same time um, obviously i was doing something right to 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 get a lot of schools uh calling me and and showing interest um you know, you had the Washington States, the Oregon States, the the University of Washington, the Gonzaga, you know, a lot of the ones in the Northwest, uh, all the way down through California, Arizona, um, and even some West Coast, uh, East Coast schools. Um, but, you know, the first day that schools could call back in July, I think it was July 1st, back in the day was when schools could first call, Arizona State called. And I, I was just, oh, man, are you kidding me? Arizona State's calling me? Uh, it was unbelievable. And, cool. you know, fast forward, you know, two months, I didn't hear back from them. I was like, man, you know, what a, what would have been a great opportunity, but at least getting a, a call from them uh, was, was awesome. So I, I, I set my sights on, you know, the University of Washington, uh, you know, obviously being on, on the side, you know, as I am right now on the, on the, the coaching side, you know, as a player, you don't really know what, what, all goes on what coaches have to go through uh on a day-to-day basis and now i'm obviously knowing you know what what everybody's going through but um you know with 11.7 scholarships obviously you know no player was going to get a full ride uh when you have a a roster of 35 right so um i was they they were offering me a full ride full athletic scholarship so one of the 11.7 was coming to me and um you know, wow. they said, hey, you're our number one target in the Northwest. Uh, we'll, we'll bring you in as a freshman, start a shortstop and hit one or three for us, you know, from day one. And as a player, you know, it feels good to be wanted. You know, for it's sure. like, holy cow, they're, they're, they're putting a huge investment in me. Um, you know, I was just, I was, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to UW. And, uh, you know, the day I was going to pick up the phone to call University of Washington and Coach Knudsen uh, to tell him I was I wanted to be you know a Husky. Uh, Arizona State called uh, literally right when I was picking up the phone to call Coach Knudsen. Arizona State called and they said, "Travis, we'd love for you to come down on a visit." And I was like, "Wait, you serious?" <laughs> They're like, "Absolutely, we, we'd love for you to come down on a visit." And um, you know, that was a place where I always wanted to go, whether it was, you know, having the hat, watching them on TV, nothing against all the Northwest schools. It was just, I had a dream, you know, that I wanted to be a Sun Devil. And, um, you know, I go down there on a visit, you know, Coach Knudsen wasn't very happy, you know, uh, because he knew he was going to lose me. Um, Just that recruiting class or my year 2002, we probably had I think five or six Northwest kids uh, either go down to Arizona state or to the university of Arizona. Uh, mm. So they all left the Northwest to go down South to obviously to, to a better climate. Um, but I go down there and, you know, talk to coach Murphy and went through the whole, you know, official visit. And at the end of the day, I didn't care what they gave me. I wanted to go there. Gotcha. And, um, you know, I, I obviously had to uh, call Coach Knutson and give him the bad news. And like I said, he wasn't very happy. And, um, you know, he, he goes, you're going to go down there and, and compete against 45, 50 guys every fall. We're here. You, you know, this is how bad we want you. And, you know, we're doing everything we can to get you. And, uh, you know, I, I really, you know, dug deep down inside and said, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to bet on myself. Yeah, I'm going to go down there and compete against the the California Player of the Year, the Arizona Player of the Year, the Texas, the Florida Players of the Year, who they brought in uh, in that freshman class. And granted, we had a top two or three recruiting class that year. It wasn't because of me. Um, we had John Lester was in that class. Uh, Prince Fielder was in that class. Adam Lowen from from Canada, who was a, a first round pick, was in that class. I mean, you name it, we had all the big boys that were coming to Arizona State or committed and signed, um, and we had the, one of the top recruiting classes, but it wasn't because of me. Um, so I go down there, and, you know, I'm a freshman uh, as a shortstop, and we had a guy by the name of Dustin Pedroia. So, uh, I was going to so, ask about Pedroia, because <laughs> there's yeah, the, so. pa- the Pedroia, and uh, who was the guy who ended up in Detroit, the second baseman? There's stories. Kinsler. 
Kinsler. So there's a story behind that. I don't know if you were there and knew all that. I, I was, I was uh, obviously that was the year before me. Um, okay. And granted, you know, I mean, props to Kinsler. Kinsler is the only guy that, that left to transfer under coach Murphy that went on to play in the big leagues. So, um, so there might be another one, but I, I don't believe so. But uh, kudos to Kinsler for another guy betting him on himself. You know, I don't sure. want to play second base you know i yeah. want to play shortstop and it ended up working out for him um but yeah i go down there as a as a freshman and as a shortstop and you know i'm looking out there with murph and he's like hey you know obviously we got a pretty good shortstop here and uh, if you're going to play for me it's going to be in the outfield and i never played the outfield in my entire life before going down there and uh you know one of the the things that that we you know said at arizona state it was the palms down approach it was like whatever I can do to help out the team. So many guys nowadays have the palms up approach and, and, and want only what's best for them uh, instead of the team. But, mm. you know, I bought into that from day one. I go, Hey man, whatever it takes to get me to, to, to get on the field. And uh, I went down and had an unbelievable fall and I actually beat out uh, another outfielder who was a freshman all American the year before. Um, so I know each and every year down there, you know, roster spots are up for grabs and, and, that, and that, and for me beating out a kid who was a freshman All-American, I didn't want that to happen to me. So that continued to motivate me to get better each and every day, uh, going down to Arizona state and not signing in, uh, out of high school is the best decision I ever made. Um, I wanted to play pro ball so bad. Uh, once I turned down the Mariners, I thought there was never going to be an opportunity for me to play pro ball again where it actually does the complete opposite. You know, these, these young players need to understand that once they get drafted, it's not the end. I mean, they're going to continue to follow you. Um, and, and I just wasn't mature enough. I needed to grow as a, as a, as a person. And uh, what better way to, to go to a top five program in the country uh, and try to compete for a national title every year, playing for a guy like, like Pat Murphy, who was extremely demanding, uh, but fair. And, uh, you know, th there's a reason why I made it to the big leagues a, a little over a year after I got drafted. Um, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I performed, but I was extremely mentally tough. Uh, I, I knew how to de deal with adversity uh, and failure. And it was playing for three years for a guy like that. And we're, we're great friends till this day. Um, and, you know, he really made me and going to that program really made me the person that I am today and the player I ended up becoming. So I want to stop there and I want to take a little break for our sponsors. But before I do that, I, I don't want to poo-poo the whole, um, an a career that you had in the major leagues. I mean, that's an amazing thing. I hope we can, I hope we can talk about it again, but we are here to talk about Boise state and what's going on. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, with Travis Buck, we will dive into, uh, what happened. Why did it happen and how we can save the program? Okay, we're back with Travis Buck and uh, it's time to, to dive into to, to Boise State. Now, first of all, I want to, you know, you, you talked a little bit about you met with the coach. Um, you had a meeting that you thought would be a half an hour and it turned out to be a three hour meeting. I think those are the best meetings, right? Because you, you look at the clock and you didn't even realize you had talked for three hours. So that's kind of how it started. Tell us how, how you actually ended up, end up in Boise um, and give us kind of a, a just a, a quick snapshot of, of how you got into actually being the coach that you, you are still tech, not, not technically, I guess, but, coaching for the, the boys, you know, cause Boise state, I mean, that's, that's a big school. Yeah. You know, it, it's crazy how things work. Right. So uh, once they, you know, announced that they hired Gary Ventol as, as going to be the, the next head coach at Boise state university, I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. I know that guy. We had a great conversation. We know each other. Uh, but I didn't want to be the guy that said, you know, called them up and said, Hey Gary, remember me, you know, cause there were a lot of calls that were, you know, that he fielded that were soliciting of, of wanting to, 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 you know, have an opportunity to be on the staff. And, uh, you know, I just thought, man, that would have been, you know, it'd be awesome if he ended up giving me a call. And um, he called me out of the blue. And, uh, you know, at the time I was with my T-Buck training program. And, uh, you know, his first kind of offer or for me wanting to 
you know, have me aboard would, was basically just taking over the Idaho Cubs program. Basically the same thing that I was doing, you know, at home, uh, but here in Boise. And I just, you know, I said, hey, man, I definitely appreciate the opportunity, uh, but I love what I'm doing here with a lot of the players that, that are obviously grew up where I did. Um, but, I, you know, I, I just think I'm going to stay home and, and see how, how much I can have this grow. Um, and he said, all right, I appreciate it. You know, he, he called back a couple of weeks later and he's like, all right, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, well, good question. Um, he, and then he's like, okay, you know, I, I want you to, to bring you aboard as, uh, you know, obviously kind of be our main admin guy for the Idaho Cubs, but, you know, uh, I want to find a way to get you on staff at Boise State. Uh, and granted, this is a time where I didn't have my degree. Um, and that's where he said, what do you want to do? And I'm, I told him, I said, you know, I, professional baseball has been great to me. Uh, I don't think that I want to get back into professional baseball. I obviously want to be a college coach. Uh, he's like, okay, what better way to, to help start a program from the ground up? You know, it, it rarely does it happen in Division One, And also being a Northwest kid uh, and knowing how much the, the, the Northwest means to you, and all the players that are growing up in the Northwest, uh, why don't you come aboard and, and be my bench coach? Uh, you know, obviously, all we talk about here is, you know, you know, kind of the professional baseball lingo and language. You know, I was going to be the bench coach, and I'm like, oh, oh unbelievable, right? So, um, obviously, it took about a week to kind of discuss it with my family. Um, and then at the end of the day, I had to make the best decision for me. And that's when, you know, I ended up shutting down T-Buck training and, you know, coming aboard on, on staff at Boise State in a non-coaching staff member role, which is, you know, I'm more, you know, with my eyes and my ears. Uh, I, I couldn't instruct any players. I was there to help out the coaches. Um, and, and the only way I could talk to the players if they initiated the contact um where they had to ask come and ask questions then i was able to kind of give a brief answer but that was the, to the extent of it um, now was this when then, you were just building the team was this is, is this the first year this, yes this was back in uh, 2018 you know okay. i was i was part of the i was the last hire uh of the of the first you know the initial staff here at boise state and uh, so i came here to you know august of 2018 uh, and that was a huge year for us because it was year zero where, right. you know, we had 12 players, which obviously are, are called the dirty dozen that, you know, weren't on scholarship. They, they paid the entire, you know, the entire year um, a academically. I mean, you name it. They had, it came out of their pockets. Uh, they had a red shirt. So they gave up a year of eligibility as well. Um, and, and some of those guys actually were going to be starting uh, in, in the programs where they came from. So, uh, not only did some of us coaches, but also the dirty dozen, uh, we all gave up something to be a part of, you know, something special to help start a program from the ground up. We really relied on the, the dirty dozen to kind of help set the foundation of what Boise state baseball was going to be. Um, and you know, it, it was a, an amazing year zero. Obviously we didn't have anything, right? I mean, uh, you know, um, President Custra, you know, when he, his, his gift to Boise State when he retired was baseball. Obviously, they had to drop wrestling and bring baseball. So that, you know, obviously it was a tough time for, for the wrestling fans here in, in Boise. But um, Boise is an unbelievable baseball community. They love the game. Um, and this was honestly looking at all the Northwest colleges, right? This was the only one. Uh, or the next one that, you know, if there was a division one opportunity to bring baseball into a, a university, it was here. And, um, you know, year zero was great. Uh, we sent those guys out and we brought in, you know, 20 more guys uh, this coming year, this fall. And Gary did an unbelievable job recruiting our kind of guys that, that really fit our style and what we wanted to do here. Uh, a lot, some of them weren't recruited at all, but they fit our style. And, um, you know, what we accomplished uh, with basically starting with nothing, uh, to, you know, getting into those 14 games and obviously going down to the wire with Texas twice uh, and starting, you know, nine and five and, and opening up a lot of eyes throughout the country. 
Um, I think it was unbelievable and, and a testament to the to the players that we brought in and, and the style that we're we're teaching here. Um, it was just obviously it's sad to see, but you know it, it, the world is you know obviously going through a tough time right now, and uh, unfortunately you know we're we're one of the casualties. So going into spring of of twenty nineteen, obviously you 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 mentioned that you have the dirty dozen, and and I mean this just sounds like it's a gritty bunch of guys. I mean, it, but it's also so brand new, right? It's you're you're the first team what you know tell us just how going into those first couple games did you have butterflies did everybody how how was it done uh coaching wise what are you what were you guys telling the players and how was it expressed because I mean it's a big big deal it was a huge deal you know obviously bringing it back first time in 40 years Boise State had baseball and uh you know getting taking having 32 players and families taking a chance uh, on us as a coaching staff and Boise State as a university uh, to be a part of something special. And um, like I said, I mean, nothing against, the, you know, the athletic department there. They were put in a tough position where, you know, I don't believe anybody in the athletic department really had to ever dealt with baseball. So it was basically new to everybody. You know, uh, President Custer left. You know, we, we had a uh, interim president last year, and then we brought in uh, President Trump this year. Um, so it, it was a tough position for everybody. Um, and, you know, w- we had no baseballs. We had nothing when we first started. Uh, so we basically started from scratch. We were practicing on a, on a high school uh, uh, baseball field just down the road from campus. Um, you know, we, had, we didn't have any helmets. We had, you know, we were obviously a Nike school, but we had everybody, hey, whatever spikes you can have, let's go. You know, they were grinders. And, mm. and that's what I was as a baseball player. That's what, you know, the, the entire staff was when, when they were playing. Um, and we knew we, we had something special. These guys didn't come here for all the glitz and glamour and, you know, the 15 sets of uniforms and, you know, a stadium that seats 10,000. Um, they, they were sold on, on a vision, uh, and what Gary Van Tol, uh, wanted Boise state, you know, baseball to be. And, uh, you know, obviously that year and a half, those two years leading up to, to the first game at Texas, uh, was a really big accomplishment just cause everything, you know, not only us coaching staff, the, the university went through, but also the, the players that, that took a chance on us. And, uh, you know, we don't care who we play anywhere. I mean, let's go. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, Texas was, you know, wanted to, you know, welcome us down there and, and play in front of seven, 8,000 fans. And, you know, obviously facing a, a college like Texas that has the history and knowing that, you know, they have a top 10 5, 10, 15 recruiting class every year, they're, they had a lot of dudes. And we were a bunch of, I guess you could say, you know, nobodies or no names from from, from Boise uh, that ended up becoming, you know, household names after we left that that uh, that series. And uh, good just story. an amazing accomplishment for everything that everybody went through. Uh, but us as a staff, I mean, these players were extremely nervous and we had to be their, the calming influence. Uh, you know, it was, that's what we need. They needed us to, to be for them. What manager or, or managers or, or coaches had the most influence on you going into, to this experience? Oh, coach Murphy, without a doubt, Arizona state. Okay. Um, you know, he, he was a guy that, you know, like I said, playing for him for three years, he was extremely demanding uh, but he was fair and uh, he gave me an opportunity and uh, I made the most of it. And, um, you know, like I said, it helped shape me the person and the, and, and the player I ended up becoming. So the hard part about talking about this is, you know, there's not a happy ending right now, obviously. Um, uh, but you are getting a ton of support. There's a GoFundMe that's over $60,000 right now. And I don't know if you're, are you tracking that? Absolutely. I mean, okay. there's a there's a lot of stuff that's going on behind the scenes. I mean, there are a couple things. Whether it's the pledge page uh, that 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 Coach Mantol, um, Gary's daughter Amaya, has put together. Obviously, it's not just bringing back baseball. We got to bring back swimming and diving as well. 
and, and we're, we're walking hand to hand with them because, you know, little did I know, I mean, they, their program was cut, but you know, they had the, the, I think the longest winning streak in the NCAA. Uh, it, it's an extremely great program with, with a lot of history and a lot of championships there. Um, so obviously it's not just baseball facing an uphill battle. It's a swimming and diving. And, um, you know, there are a lot of platforms that are obviously out there for the public to see and to support and kind of, you know, fundraise and, and, and pledge. But there are a lot of things going behind the door, behind the scenes that that no one, no one, no one knows about. There are a lot of upset people here. There are a lot of hurt people. And, um, you know, the biggest thing for us as a coaching staff, it's not about us. Uh, we're just extremely heartbroken for our players uh, that really you know, gave us an opportunity and really believed in us and took a chance on us. And uh, for it to be cut after 14 games, uh, did we really have a chance? Uh, the way it's looking, it, it didn't really look like we ever had a chance. And, and that's where, you know, we are hurt the most is, is for our players. And, you know, us coaches, you know, it sucks. I mean, me personally, the day, I, you know, I got promoted the day that uh, baseball got cut. So it was a big time gut punch for me. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's not about me. Um, it, it's about our players and, and not just our players uh, in the baseball program, but it's the, 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 the athletes that have been affected by us. Um, and, you know, we're obviously doing whatever we can. It, it's it's we're not going to take no for an answer. Um, we're going to, you know, do whatever we can to fight for our student athletes because that's what they deserve. Do you know the GoFundMe, uh, homepage? Yeah, it's, uh, I believe it's save Boise state baseball, uh, is the GoFundMe homepage. Well, obviously there's, you know, change.org at the sign the petition, uh, the, the pledge pages that, that are circulating on, on Twitter. Um, but like I said, there that that's kind of the only public platforms uh, that that people can see see what you know how much money we're raising. But we're raising a heck of a lot behind the scenes. We're getting a, you know uh, into a lot of people's ear of, of kind of telling our story. And um, you know, as a Northwest kid, it, it hurts because I know if this doesn't work, there's I, I don't see another opportunity for Division One baseball in the Northwest. And uh, Boise is such a great community. Uh, Bronco Nation uh, is extremely supportive and loyal. And, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, we're going to do whatever we can to give our athletes uh, a fair and fighting chance because that's what they deserve. And that's why they came to Boise State. I think that's all we really need to say about that. I mean, obviously, um, anybody listening, please, if you can, uh, go to that GoFundMe and let's see if we can't uh, get them over the hump. I think it's at, a, I think the, the goal is a hundred thousand dollars and I hope we can get there. Um, and also you're a great follow on Twitter. Uh, what is your Twitter handle again? It's T Bucken. T Bucken Bronco. T Bucken at T Bucken Bronco. You know, I'm hoping I don't have to change that, you know, cause I, I it took me a while to come up with something pretty cool. Uh, I thought I was, you know, I gave myself a pat on the back with that one, but uh you know, it's, uh, you know, it was pretty catching. And I was like, hey, let's go with it. Oh, man, you stole my thunder. I was going to say, I don't want you to change your Twitter handle. Um, but you, you you stole it. Um, can you just, before we close, I I would love for you just to give me your, because people are fans, right? I mean, if they don't even know you, they're going to be a fan of you because they're going to look you up after they, they hear this. Tell us one one really good uh, memory of it can be just like being in the dugout with somebody cool because being in the major leagues is a huge deal. It's a huge deal. I mean, I'm 46. I still dream about the major leagues <laughs> and so does everybody else. You know, everybody wants to hit a home run or do anything. Just give us one good memory of the, the major leagues. Um, and then the best memory you have actually of Boise state. We'll just do that back to back and then we'll, we'll close it out. Well, you know, I was slated in spring training of 07. I was just, I was a big league invite and uh, you know, Hey, you're not Billy Bean. You're not going to make the team. Uh, and I, I said, no problem. I just want an opportunity. I want to see what these guys do up here. What makes them so great? Um, why are they so special? And um, you know, I went into that spring training uh, and I ended up leading our entire team in all the offensive uh, categories. 
and a couple of injuries later, you know, it was kind of that Bay Bridge series that that Oakland and San Francisco always have to close spring training before the season starts. And I'm still there. You know, I'm still there playing every day and I'm starting to get tired. I'm starting to get worn out. And, um, you know, I had a couple of veterans, Eric Chavez, uh, Mark Ellis, Jason Kendall, Bobby Crosby, that, that basically told me to shut up. Don't say anything. You go out there and play every day. Um, because they, I think they knew that I had the opportunity to help them uh, because of some of the injuries that, that occurred during spring training. So, you know, here I am, you know, slated to go to Sacramento and AAA, which was, hey, great. I got no problem continuing to, to work my way up the ladder to, to eventually reach my dream. Uh, Billy calls me into his office with our manager, Bob Guerin, at the time. You know, I, re I remember walking back to uh, his office and I saw our, obviously our home white athletics uniforms hanging up with my last name on the back. No number, but my last name. And I'm, I, I'm like, that's okay. You know, maybe something for future. I'm, I'm like, that's weird. So I walk into the office and, you know, we have a, you know, a great conversation, you know, 15, 20 minute conversation before they dropped the bomb and basically said I made the team. And uh, I was obviously in shock. Um, and, and obviously, in my opinion, I earned it just by sheer performance. Um, and, you know, they were going to bring me up to start, obviously, every day. But I had no idea where we were starting, where we were opening up. You know, like I said, I was slated to go to Sacramento. And uh, they gave me the pocket schedule. And I looked at it. And it's like, holy cow, we're opening up at Safeco. Um, so not only did I start my professional career, uh, in Tri-Cities, I was playing for the Vancouver Canadians. So my first professional game was in Dust Devil Stadium uh, in front of my, all my friends and family. Now my major league debut is in Safeco, uh, where I, all my friends and family get an opportunity to watch me play. Um, <laughs> facing Felix Hernandez back in 07. I mean, here's a guy with four or five plus pitches throwing 97 and nothing was straight. Um, I'm like, hey, man, I don't care. Let's bring it. Um, I ended up going one for three in that game, two strikeouts. You know, my first at-bat was a strikeout. My second at-bat, actually, I think it was the first pitch fastball. I actually hit over Ichiro's head off the center field wall, and I was just floating into second base. It was just an amazing feeling, getting an opportunity to get my first major league hit in Safeco in front of all my friends and family. Uh, it's obviously something I'll never forget. Uh, it's something that I really hold dear to me. Um, going back to, to Boise State, um, like I said, this, this going on, coming upon your, you know, podcast, which it, it means a lot to me, uh, it's not about me. It's about the, the, the Boise State Broncos, the, the 32 baseball players that were trying to, to fight uh, to keep this program around. And obviously, kudos to some. Uh, they've already moved on and, and going on to, to play at other universities, which, hey, we, they, they know that we have, you know, the, their total support, what we're doing here, and they have ours on, on moving on. But, um, you know, the first game down in Texas, going, you know, everything that we did for that year and a half, uh, uh, and especially for those dirty dozen that gave up a year of eligibility, paid their own way, um, for that first year, not, you know, they didn't have anything to play for all their friends were playing, you know, we were getting them geared up to play in summer. Um, but to see the looks on their faces and knowing that obviously they belong with the rest of the 32 guys that, that we brought down to Texas, um, looking around in front of seven, 8,000 fans in a hostile environment, uh, representing having the Broncos across our chest. Um, all the hard work, all the blood, sweat, and tears. Um, like I said, starting this program, not even having any baseballs. We had nothing to where here we are, our first game in 40 years at the University of Texas uh, is something I'll never forget. Um, and it's, it's all that, you know, for those 32 guys that, that believed in us. Um, that's why I'm in college baseball. They these past two years have not only made me a better person, but have made me a better coach. And I know my calling is here in the collegiate game. And, you know, my time here at Boise State is not done. You know, we're doing whatever we can to fight for our guys. 
that deserve and earn the right to be here. And, you know, we're not going to take no for an answer. You know, it, worst case, if, if it ends up not happening, th those 32 guys know that we did everything we possibly could do to, to see if this is a possibility. And if there's one guy that can pull this off, it's our leader, Gary Ventol. He He's an amazing person, uh, a guy who I look up to. Um, he's been an unbelievable mentor for me. And, um, you know, it, it's just, it'd be sad to see this go. We put in so much hard work and effort to get to this point. And obviously being a Northwest kid, there's not going to be another opportunity in the Northwest for a division one program if this falls through. And uh, that's why it means so much to this community. It means so much to me personally, because I am a Northwest kid, uh, th these players that are growing up deserve another option and an opportunity to, to play division one. And uh, we're going to do whatever we can to keep Boise state alive. Well, it means a lot to us that you took this time, and, and I want to thank you personally for, for the conversation. Um, I, I love the fact that you have the fight. Obviously, uh, you've been a fighter your whole life, and um, the Diamonds and Roses podcast is going to try to fight for you. That's why we're, we're having this conversation. We want to see what we can do. We don't know what we can do, um, but um, continue to follow uh, Travis Buck on on Twitter at T Buck and Bronco. Um, follow the diamonds and roses podcast we're on instagram uh facebook and and we especially love to tweet out and and uh, we will continue to to um follow up with this and what we'll do is we'll see what we can do to help raise funds and get us over the hump but maybe even double that i mean it's you know there they're, i don't even think a hundred thousand is going to be enough i mean maybe maybe it will be but i i just hope that anybody out there listening will uh contribute travis thank you so much again um, that's going to do it for this episode. I wish everybody well, stay healthy. I hope your families are healthy and, uh, we will chat with you soon. Be good. <laughs>